those willing to listen, learn, and have eyes to see and ears to hear, this is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Challenging the mindset of right-wing Christianity and encouraging people to have their minds renewed and hearts transformed. What knucklehead, mush for brains, evangelical leaders are trying to, uh, to overthrow Trump. It's a special kind of dumb and calling yourself a Christian. Let's have better conversations about the life modeled in the Bible so we can truly tell the world God is not mad at you. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com. Watching the nonpartisan evangelical WTH with Paul and Ashley. Our Week fun. that happened. Yeah, and we've been doing this now. How long? Like, well, since since really the start of COVID, like the start well, of shelter in place. Not exactly the start. Pretty do you remember what sort of drew us into these weekly conversations? I do. It was it was uh, protests. Right? It was and Black it Lives was, Matter protests. Well, actually, I would say it a little differently. Before BLM, right? I would say it this way. Um, we were watching on camera when um, when local far right, right protesters showed up on the doorstep of a city council member's right. apartment and we were just behind a private gate, banging on his door with his young children in the apartment, and a scuffle ensues on the front porch down the steps and we're like wth what is what going is on? going on and um we just i guess to... wth doesn't stand for what is going on what the heck <laughs> what the hell <laughs> what the hell so um <laughs> anyway so that you know we just were like we got to talk about this we yeah. got to talk to each other this help is very therapeutic for we us to we wanted to create a space for other people to be like man time out this is not the society that uh, that we believe God has called us to believe right. for and work towards, and um, anyway, so this this became our little Saturday morning yeah. get together. This is kind of cool. Uh, Jason on the comments says his son was born on his birthday and turned seventeen this year as well. Really? What are the chances? Well, That's congratulations, so cool. Jason and son, whatever your birthday was. Wow! I've got to fix one thing here. This is bugging okay. me a little bit. We need just like that. There we okay, go. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> this is live video. Uh, so, yeah, so this Saturday we thought we would do something a little different. Normally we like to reflect on the week. We take a look at what Paul's been posting on the nonpartisan evangelical side and um, really honestly just kind of whatever we feel like we need to talk about. Last week we talked a lot about Justice Ginsburg, her passing, what was going on in response to that. Hypocrisy. Um, that's right. It actually, we we got off of the our little time together last week and we we're like, Boom. Nailed it. That was, we felt so, like, what? <laughs> and it's not like a congratulatory thing. It just was like, you know that feeling of like, whoa, that itch got scratched. The thing that we really felt like we needed to say, that happened. Now, whether right. or not people care, whether or not people agree or influence in any way, that's not, that's not up to us. All we know we're supposed to do is just kind of push out there and try to create a space for people to think differently about so, what's going on around So you're there. saying we don't do this for anybody watching. We're just doing this for us. I kind of. I mean, I'm kind of saying that it's not up to us as to whether or not, you know, people know about this or or follow or whatever. Like, we're just doing what we believe we are called to do. Yeah. And that is, um, gosh, you know, and I don't mean to get this heavy because we really are going to just celebrate Paul's birthday today. But, um, you know, we're, we feel like it's a time to reflect on what's going on in the political evangelical church, which tends to be almost predominantly white. Um, and just say, man, is this what is this what God looks like? Is this what God should look like to yeah. friends, neighbors, community, society, the nation, and the world? And we think, no, it's not. And from the response we're hearing from you guys, it's it's hitting a spot for you as well. And and what we're finding there there was a story in the Bible where Elijah thought he was the only one left who thought like him, and and then God was like, no, no, there's seven thousand more of you. Um, and I think we're, we sort of felt like, are we the only evangelicals that see this as being nutballs right now? And we felt that way for a long, long time. And, and so we're really excited to find out there are many of you out there who are saying, no, 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 that's us. That's us too. And at times we're like, can we even call ourselves evangelicals anymore? Are we even, 
going in that direction anymore. And and so um, I think what evangelicalism and republicanism has become, maybe we're not that anymore, but we still consider ourselves in those those fields and excited to hear, yeah, Ronald says hitting a spot for them. And so we're just really happy that there are yeah. many of you out there saying, no, no, we're out here too. And thanks for voicing what we're what we're thinking. And um, it's not insignificant. Um, you know, we understand that kind of as we as we maintain our position with you know um, looking to heaven, looking to reflect who who we have experienced God to be, um, believing believing in Him and that, and knowing that that calls us to show up differently in our communities and society. Like God uses that. You yeah. know, I almost always kind of feel like it's like we're. You know, we're vessels or whatever, and I know that's kind of a Christian churchy type of word, but um, but I think standing your ground and believing for something different, actually God totally works with that. And it is the stuff of change that we need right yeah. now. So it's not just a little thing in passing. It's a big it's a big deal. Yeah. And and I I don't want to get somewhere down the line and say, Oh, I should have said something. Yeah, and I yeah. think I'm already there. In yeah. some ways I'm like, Oh, I should have spoken up a lot earlier and maybe we wouldn't have lost a bunch of people to this nuttiness, but but I don't want from this day forward to say, oh, I didn't speak up because I was afraid somebody would be mad at me. So I'm I'm pretty much behind that for the most part, although there are days where I'm better at it than others. So before we get to what we have planned for today, okay. do you want to do like one, like your favorite post this week? Just like one thing? Can you... Oh, think I, about that. I can't remember what I even posted. Um, I think one of the one of the memes. I, I posted some great memes this week, by the way, and you've got to share them. Share them out there for me, so it was people a can find them. Week. So two things happened in social media this week that are interesting. Can I tell about the local one with the the local? <laughs> I don't care. You don't care. I okay. Guess so whatever. So my favorite meme this birthday. week, I think, was. <laughs> You know, like we talked about the Republicans being hypocritical and what they were doing with the Supreme Court. And so, of course, everybody I know are like, yeah, but you know, those Democrats are hypocrites, too. And so I, my meme was somebody else's hypocrisy does not make your hypocrisy unhypocritical. You're, you're still a hypocrite, even if the other side does it, too, doesn't make you not a hypocrite. Two negatives do not make a positive Correct. in this. Correct. In scenario. And so then I even posted on that meme that I, I'm praying the Republicans will change course because I truly believe if they force this nomination through, our country is changed forever. Changed forever because what they're saying and, and saying out loud really is we have the power. We are going to do this because we can. And that's a great philosophy as long as you maintain power. But if you lose power, like say in an election coming up in November, then the other side all of a sudden is like, yeah, well, now we have power and we can do whatever we want to do. So somebody has to have character, morals and integrity to say. Yeah, no to that. somebody's got to make a sacrifice. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the wheels are turning and somebody's got to be the monkey wrench that um, and it is going to be political sacrifice. It is going to be. Um, yeah, it's like throwing your body on the grenade. It is that moment yeah. for this nation. Um, socially and politically. I, I always compare it to the Hatfields and McCoys. And the only way Hatfields and McCoys stop killing each other until they're all dead is somebody refuses to get revenge. That's the only way it stops. And and so I, I think the Senate may have already inexorably changed the country and the president, and maybe we're, we're, we're beyond that. But this is a moment where I think if some Republicans of integrity and some evangelical Christians who are their supporters of integrity would step up and say, no, do not do this. Our country cannot afford it. Maybe we could turn it. Maybe if people would pray in those lines instead of praying, God, go get those bad liberals, we could see that changed. Yeah. We could see something change. Okay, so um, and... And this is the, the hopeful part of this message. Okay. Okay. Um, we know that God works through all things. And as grievous as it feels to consider jamming through a replacement on the Supreme Court, and it is, and there will be consequences to that. And I believe that men and women who have, who have committed their hearts to things that are not of God 
and they're serving power and not God. And the worst part of it is when they say they're serving God, but they're really serving that's, their own power and their own interests. That is the worst. That's the most disgusting yeah. thing. I mean, that's like... People I wanna... always ask, why am I harder on the right than the left? Because the right claims they're doing it in, in God's name, name. In the name of Jesus. And often. that's egregious. So it, it really is. It is the thing that will bring a house down, period, full stop. So I'm not in any way sugarcoating that decision. But I, I will say this, should that be what happens, we have to we have to submit our disappointment and our pain. We have to submit it to God and say, like, you can use even this yeah. and your glory. Like, you can bring glory out of the most tragic situations. And so we have to stand for that with the belief. And that. the truth is that I'm starting to believe it may be that. Well, for one, I know all of this hypocrisy, this idea of all the reasons Christians used to vote Republican at the end of the day, really, we we love the idea of being in charge. We really love the idea of being able to impose right. our own laws, that it's really now about power more than any moral outcomes. And we've convinced ourselves that this is heaven's mandate yeah. for us. Like, it's just really stinky. It's well, if you like, think about it, we're, we're afraid of Sharia law, but isn't imposing Christian laws some form of like religious the theocratic rule that yeah. we're looking for. But anyway, yeah. it's, well, I think it had to be exposed and maybe, and maybe God wants it to be changed. Maybe, maybe change that's coming, I think with the next generation anyway, is being hastened by this. And, and, and so maybe it's worth it. Maybe it's worth it to go through it. Yes. Okay. It is worth it to go through. All right. It. So we said we weren't going to yes, we're, too heavy. We're, we're already down that path, but um, okay. So let's get back into birthday mode birthday. first. I want to just say thank you to Rosie and Curtis Kemp for this awesome birthday present. It is Kick Butt Spice Rub Set. Yeah. And it came. And so we got that one day. And, and then the, the next, next day, day, they sent us steaks to yes. go with it. <laughs> so honestly, just the box that said Kick Butt, like literally this is a can of Kick Butt. So Paul is going to open kick it up butt. first. We're open up a can of Kick Butt. Of Kick Butt. And our friends Brian and Anisha Kleinhammer. In ninety-five, in ninety-five masks. So These are awesome. our only two. We've not had an in ninety-five no, this whole not. time. So COVID birthday in ninety-fives, <laughs> great Parisian and kick butt spice rub, and we're it. good. And we have a gift idea for everybody else. Oh Do yeah, you, to... you know what? If you're sitting there thinking, "Oh my gosh, I forgot to I get forgot Paul to get Paul a, a gift," um, here's what you can do. You can go online to npepodcast.com, npepodcast.com, click on the button in the upper right corner that says Patreon, and you can sign up at $5.99 a month. Those dollars go to support. A minimum of $5.99 a month. You can go higher if you like. But, you know, I was kind of thinking he's turning 55, so it could be like, you know, give him five bucks a month for his birthday for maybe try it for a couple months, see if you like the content. But um, we try to raise money on that site to support things like ads to boost viewership of the things we're talking about here equipment that you know we've uh tried editors. to purchase editors like you know a little bit of soft costs um to help save some time and what paul's doing so that he can actually keep keep this up so we would love to get 55 people this is the birthday angle 55 people at 5.99 a month that would be amazing that's a cheap gift yeah that's, that's barely a Starbucks coffee. Right. Oh, two. You know, a month. A month, yeah. And then you have to, like, remember yeah. if you don't want to do it forever, and then you have to So mpepodcast.com, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a Patreon button. You hit that, and it'll take you through the process of signing up. And to get to 55, I think, like, we're going to need some people to, like, get a membership for themselves and then for three of their friends, you which you can do as well. It's an early, um, early stocking <laughs> <Early> stuffer. <laughs> and if you really want to tick off your like boomer parents or in-laws, get them a subscription to NPE. But it's really cool to sign up. You get to be part of our NPE private group, which I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with that group now and having a lot of fun. And you'll enjoy that. I did a, I did a Facebook Live just for the private group this week. And segment four and segment five of the audiobook are on there now. They're super cool. I do kind of exclusive commentaries and say, hey, this is why I wrote this. This is what this is about. And so I think it's worth it. I think you'll enjoy it for five. And I think your intention is to make yourself more available for just right. like engaging and answering questions or, 
you know, even if, um, gosh, if you've got stuff you need prayer for or whatever, like yeah. that's, a, that's a good spot, the private Facebook group. Um, the other thing I want to mention is that your audiobook, like you, you've got people pounding on the table saying, when's the next section going <laughs> to be released? When's the next segment coming? Yeah, we had one lady say, um, like, can you please hurry up and get that recorded? Because she was on a cliffhanger of what's going to happen next. So. Yeah. So it's nine segments total. We'll have it finished by election day. And I really am loving reading. I get to read the book again. And of course, now as an author, I'm like, oh, I should have changed that. Oh, I should have changed that. But uh, I can't. Are you reading it exactly as printed, though? Mm, I may, I may tinker a little with variation. It just a bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it would have been done faster, except for it's COVID, and we're yeah, all still we working at home, track. and you know the dog is barking, and I'm in the other room zooming, and so it's hard to find. It's hard to find recording time. Yes, yeah. and then the yard guy comes, and yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> a, day, a day in the life of the nonpartisan evangelical. Yes, it is. Okay, so let's skip to the birthday festivities. Okay. I asked Paul, for your birthday, you're 55, 5'5", five, five, I would love to hear from you um, five truths that you have discovered or that you would like to lift up for your 55 birthday. You get five truths and a half truth. So 5.5. <laughs> 5. Um, okay. So these are Paul's deep thoughts on his 55th birthday. And I don't know what they are, so they could be um, crazy. And now they're changing even as I'm, okay. I'm sitting here. Okay, so let's hit it. So here's number one. And then I'm making a video about this right now, by the way. And that is, to be Christ-like, you really have to know what Christ is like. And I feel like uh, as Christians, we've read the Bible, as Christian evangelicals, I should say, we've read the Bible and we've interpreted this blue-eyed, American, right-wing, staunch, angry, divisive, kind of love the sinner but really hate the sin, Jesus. That is just not the Jesus of the Bible. And, and uh, that Jesus, somebody, I, I was asking somebody online today, you know, where do you see this staunch right-wing Jesus in the Bible? And so they, of course, responded like, well, do you think he's a liberal? Uh, which, I, which I said, I asked you first, but I think, you know, just to use an example, the story of the woman caught in adultery, that the story we call the woman caught in adultery in the Bible. We love that line of go and sin no more, but we totally miss what happens in that story that Jesus is saying, I don't care what the law says and what the penalty the law says. I'm saying you ain't throwing a rock at this woman today. And the reason is because I believe the system you've set up that led her to this act is worse than the act that she did. And so that doesn't that seem very staunch is, conservative to me. No, that is, and that's exa honestly, that is today's social justice message. When we're screaming law and order, I think we should look at what happens in that story. Jesus is saying, I am less concerned about the act that you're accusing her of than I am about the system. You guys, you self-righteous, Christian, godly, religious right leaders have put in place that got her there in the first place. I'm way more concerned about that. So that doesn't sound like a staunch conservative no. Republican to me. No, very, it was very counterculture. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think if we want to be Christ-like, it's really important that we know what Christ was okay, like. Okay, so um, five and a half truths from Paul on his 55th birthday. Number one, to be Christ-like, you have to know what Christ is like. Yeah. That's really good. Very clever, I like huh? that. Okay. I made that up. Let's hear number two. Um, so this is, Jesus is not coming soon, morning or night or noon. Do you know that song? No. Oh, you never heard that? <laughs> no. When I was a kid. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Da, da, da. And it's wow. this really happy song that's saying, if you don't get your bleep in order, Jesus is going to come and leave you behind and a 666 is going to be nailed on your forehead and you are screwed and will be happy that you're screwed. What a horrible, horrible teaching. Um, I think the eschatology of that I was taught as a kid, eschatology means sort of this last days, end of the world teaching, is maybe the most damaging teaching that's ever been propagated on people. And it's actually a very new theology. It was never in the early history of the church, but this idea that this rapture is gonna happen any day has had a couple of impacts. One, 
and I can relate to this and you probably can too, it has traumatized many young children into believing mom and dad have been taken and I'm left behind. And I can't tell you how many times. Did you ever have that happen? No, I didn't. You never I, did? I mean, I don't think I was ever like thinking my parents had disappeared and I didn't know where they were. Okay. When, when did you have that happen? Oh, numerous times. Well, but I remember one specifically in seventh grade I came home from school. I think I, you know, I was still walking home from school back in those days. Mm -hmm. And I'd walked home, maybe it was eighth grade. And I came into the house and the TV was on, mm -hmm. the water was running in the kitchen mm -hmm. and there was nobody home. And, and that never, never happened. And, to, and I don't know why. Where were they? Do I don't know? remember now. You have to ask your parents. I don't remember, but but for seven, I think two hours maybe, I just sat oh, and knew. Poor thing. That's I, really I was screwed. sad. Oh, <laughs> I think, yeah. Now today, I guess you could go on social media, and, but there just wasn't, like you couldn't you even. You had no idea. I, we think, didn't have I thought I could turn on 700 Club and see if Pat Robertson was still there, but yeah. then I thought, well, they record those anyway. So. Yeah. So yeah, it was like two hours. I was certain. I had been left behind. I have walked into my office a couple of times recently and no one was there and thought, wait, <laughs> did I miss it? <laughs> so I believe, and so here's the other damage that this Yeah, I, I has think done. there's probably more, even the more real consequential damage damages than that. Is that it has caused us to believe the world is supposed to get increasingly evil and we actually celebrate. So we look yeah. for evil and we celebrate when we find because it. Because then it, bear, it validates, it validates our, our thinking, our theology, yeah. And it, it makes yeah. us very self-righteous. And, and we just like our hands off, yeah. you know, like, yeah, we don't have, you know, that needs to get worse and worse and worse for Jesus to come back soon, morning, night or noon. And, and why would I care about fixing a system in a city? Why would I care about justice in a city? Why care about the environment? Why care about climate change? God's blowing all this up any day now anyway. So why would I give a flying bleep about any of that? And so I want to tell you, I believe that teaching is completely wrong completely wrong. And me teaching this in our church caused people to leave and not even teaching it, but teaching like, hey, here's another way to look at what the Bible says and took the Bible and started saying, okay, there's two passages that look like this rapture thing you're talking about. And then a whole bunch of others that say our job is to prepare the world as a bride for a coming groom. So that doesn't look like, I'm, we're gonna have a wedding, let's go find all the bad things happening in the world and celebrate them and set up TV shows to talk about them all the time. No, you would be like, how do we make the room look amazing? How do we start to plan to get flowers? How do we get our best clothing to wear? And, and I believe that's how the world is supposed to be being treated by Christians. How do we make this the best place? it can possibly be so when the groom comes it'll be ready i remember um th this is a really really big thing for evangelical christians so for those of you who don't come from that perspective you could be like gosh why are you why are, you know why are you spending so much time on this this is a this is a really big thing so um wasn't it sydney when she was little who your parents were visiting and um she are in your mom made reference to the rapture and sydney spouts off we don't believe we in don't the rapture believe in that. and my <laughs> mother-in-law was like the sweetest sweetest like praying woman like devoted to her faith and her family was just really devastated and you looked at her and you said to go in the rapture you don't have to believe in the rapture if the rapture occurs you have to believe in Jesus right. to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're like, you know, so if it and, happens, we'll go. We just don't believe it's going to happen. And we don't believe in like investing in making sure that that it's like a sub truth that right. we need to invest in and make sure it's true. It's really like almost like kind of who cares? Like, yeah. like all that that causes you to do, as you just said, is um, undermine our ability to positively impact society and culture because we're just like, you know, wiping our hands of it and just kind of sitting back and saying, hey, we're going to go up to glory someday soon. You know, I, I have friends who, you know, they don't buy green bananas because <laughs> we're not, not going to get there. They're not ripening. sure that they're going to be around in three days time, given everything that's going on in the world, you know, and the wildfires and this and that, like don't buy ripe bananas or green bananas because we may not be here to eat them. And, um, and it's just, it really, it really is like an abdication of spiritual calling that we all have yeah. to like pray into and bless and work towards shalom, you know? And, and maybe some people have had hell and hellfire and brimstone conversions because of it. But I, but I really don't believe in general, those 
are are the types of conversions God wants. God, God wants people to come, let his kindness draw them to repentance. And so Jesus is not coming soon, morning or night or noon. I okay. do have to say, my friend Tom says in Bible college, they staged a rapture early one morning. They blew trumpets while hiding in a maintenance closet, left bars of soap in a running shower, left boxers on beds, really freaked people. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That is hilarious I and would... so cruel and so you, Tom. Oh, I would love to hear other like rapture rapture parties or whatever yeah. if others have had that experience. That's crazy. Okay, so that was number two. We're moving on to number three. Again, if you're just tuning in, it's Paul's 55th birthday. This is the nonpartisan evangelical. We are celebrating Paul today by asking him five truths and a half truth to celebrate his 55th birthday. All these years of wisdom that you've developed, you're now sharing with the world. So, so number three is number if three. you don't know who you are, how is anybody else going to know who you are? Okay. Um, and it's another thing of the, I do executive coaching with people and we work on our core health and our, our core emotional well-being. And in some ways, Christianity teaches we're all dirt. We're, we're lucky that God doesn't fry us right at this moment. And I think the whole of the story of the Bible is the, the being that created all of us thinks we're amazing, says you are good, declares you good, and then pursues you in relationship for your entire life. So why would we sit around and tell ourselves we're horrible and dirt when the Bible says we're actually the most amazing thing ever and that any sin we had was wiped out on the cross and God now says it's as far as the east is from the west. So why would we sit around telling ourselves how bad we are when in fact if we know our true identity as being valuable because we're human, not valuable because we're good or deserving of goodness to come to us because of our great righteousness, which is what the Pharisees believed, but we're valuable because we're human, because we exist, and because we're connected with each other, then we become a different being. We start to live from a different narrative about ourselves and then become better people. It's not about become better people and then be deserving, but starting to understand our value and that changes our behavior. And when you th it's been really it's been really amazing to watch your personal journey mm -hmm. and kind of coming out of um, you know, probably probably not fair to lay it all entirely at the feet of the evangelical church, but but heavily heavily rooted in kind of the the culture of that church. You know, the way you know your family members, etc., kind of walk that out. A lot of shame, a lot, a lot of, of shame. shame, especially if you grew up in a culture where you believed you could lose your salvation. Which, as a Baptist, like at least I'm like, no. if you were listening to a foreigner rock music song, yeah. you suddenly weren't going in the rapture anymore. Yeah. So this was like the one difference in our upbringing is like <laughs> you guys spoke in tongues and you could lose your salvation, and we were much more cerebral Baptists and like not, you know God's grace extends over everything. So. Anyway, um, but a lot of shame that, that you kind of get piled on you if you grow up thinking that at any second you could slip up and disappoint God and lose your salvation and, of course, disappoint your parents. And so I've watched you kind of get all of that deep-rooted stuff undone, get the mud wiped off your goggles and be able to see more clearly and then help other people um, in their own journeys. And a lot, of, you know, look, this is just life and society. And like a lot of people have those same experiences not related to the church. And they just mm -hmm. need to be told, like, as you just said, you are precious. You are hardwired the way you are. God created you uniquely. And when that, that changes your individual outlook, but then imagine person after person after person after person after person times the world's population or the community's population or whatever footprint you're thinking about, like that truly is transforming of mm -hmm. relationships in society. And so um, when I think I always like kind of used to tend to focus in on like the individual and then I'm zooming out on like the community, the city, you know, whatever, like kind of the, the corporate mm -hmm. experience of this individual truth you're bringing forward. So that corporate experience, like how we would relate to one another, how we would solve problems together, how we would listen to one another differently is fundamentally transformed as this individual right. truth comes forward. That's good. Yeah. yeah, and the story of the woman at the well in the Bible to me really is an example of, you know, Jesus knowing who he is and the woman saying, well, your people say we're supposed to worship like this in this place. And our people say it's supposed to be over here. And she and her people were hated by the Jews because they perverted their religion and didn't worship right. 
And she's like, so which is it, this or this? And he's like, neither of those are what matter. Understanding who you are and who your relationship is, is what, what matters and changes things. And so then she went and the great part of that story is she goes and gets all her friends to come meet this guy that told me everything I ever did. And I think that's, if we're powerful and truly know our story and we're not serving this harsh God, we're not gonna portray a harsh God to other people. That's what my book is all about. There you go. Joseph comes to town. Commercial get break. The, get the audio book right now for Paul's birthday, five ninety nine on Patreon. Go to npepodcast.com. Click on that Patreon button. And yes, there you go. Well done. And if they sign up for twelve ninety nine, they get a free autograph copy. Oh. Okay, commercial over. Um, and I, I should also mention, <laughs> if you live in the Fresno area, personal delivery. Because Ooh, yes. I've seen Paul be like, I got to go drop off a book at Starbucks. So like somebody's meeting me there. So... Carol this week and Deanne, two, two new Patreon yeah. people this week. Yes. And Ronald and, gosh, Cindy, I think, I'm sorry, I forgot, from Michigan signed oh, up this week. Oh, yeah, we, well, we mailed those. And I think they're watching right now. Hope we they mailed got your those book. on Saturday, so hopefully the post office gets you your book. USPS, baby. Come on. Pray for right. them during Number election four. season here. Number this four. This is five truths from Paul on his 55th birthday. God is okay with you changing your mind. In fact, he commands you to do it. What? Yes. No. Sometimes we believe we're supposed to hold on to that it. That has to be your no half truth. That no, can't that be is true. the whole Hold on. I got to look into this. <laughs> okay. Explain. Romans 12.2 says... Don't be conformed to this age. And what it's saying is the aeon. It's like, don't be conformed to your bubble, I think we would say today. Don't be, don't feel like you have to defend your belief at all costs, but be willing to be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you can know the good and perfect will of God in a season. If you're holding on to a long-time belief system, it takes away your ability to see something new that can come along. And so the word repent doesn't mean I'm really ashamed that I stole bubble gum in the when I was 12 years old. Repent means change your mind and change your direction. It means turn and go in another way. So repentance means I'm going to be open to hear a viewpoint that's different than mine. And what we see in the right wing evangelical world these days is like, I don't want to hear any other truth. I'm only going to listen to media that supports what I believe. And so when you start having conversations with people, you can't even have a, a conversation because they're so deep into their belief that what they hear on the right wing media is the only truth and everything else is fake news. that You can't even start to have a discussion. So one of the things I constantly recommend to people is like whatever media you're beholden to, whatever edifies your bubble over and over, Stop listening to that for a week. I wrote a, a blog about God helping me end my addiction to Rush Limbaugh. And I truly think listening to Rush Limbaugh on, on heavy doses on an ongoing basis impacts your ability to be Christ-like in your life. Uh, I know it changed my life to stop listening to it. And so God is okay with you exploring the belief systems of others around you because he wants to teach you something new so you can be transformed with the renewing of your mind so you can consistently be sure. The only thing you have to lose in trying it is that you may find some freedom that you didn't know was out there to be had. Um, yeah, so that's a real that's a real head scratcher, brain stretcher. So, mm. um, and that I would say is we're kind of like charting your life through these five truths and a half truth of Paul Swearingen at 55. Um, that's probably something that in the last probably three or four years, you've really like that Romans 12 too. Um, how many times have we quoted that? Have we, you know, been in Bible camp or whatever and talk, thought, you know, memorized that verse, but never really looked at it the way you're, you're suggesting. So yeah. I think that's a really We thought renewing line. of our mind meant reading the Bible and yeah. taking the interpretation we've always known and learning it deeper. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I've always been a contrarian and kind of like, what? Really? Come on. This, that, that doesn't make sense. I just know now it's okay for me to think that way. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of feeling that way anymore. So I actually have a question that is slightly off topic okay, for you. Okay, sure. Um, you often say that repentance is not saying that you're sorry for stealing bubble gum yeah. when you're little. Have you ever actually stolen anything? I have, yes. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> these are birthday confessions now. What? Okay. 
Because I have a story too. Oh, do you? Tell, but what, what did you steal? I really wanted playing cards. And we couldn't have playing cards because they were evil. How evil. old were you when this was? I always know by where we live because we move so much. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of the house. I probably was third or fourth grade. Oh. I really wanted a deck yeah. of playing cards. I don't even know why I wanted a deck of playing cards. I sure didn't know how to play poker at the time. Um, so because my mom wouldn't buy it for me, I, I pocketed it and brought it home. And somehow, I don't know how, but somehow everybody in the house knew. You know, it's one of those things when you're a kid, you're like, man, they have ESP. But I guess I was just acting really funky. And so I went and ran and hit him in my room. And it was my older brother who found him and took him to mom and turned oh. me in. Yes. Did you get your booty blistered? Oh, absolutely. Oh. That's what we did in our house. Oh so, my yes. God. Bless your heart. <laughs> okay, so I... Tom just put the link in for Patreon, by the way. Thank oh, you, thanks, Tom. Oh, thanks, Tom. Okay, so my, sto my story... I can't believe you ever did anything wrong as a kid. You I were know. such... A straight-laced kid. I was responsible for like the entire universe, like you by you know age six Poor months. Thing. Yeah, um, I did. I okay. I was in ninth grade, and the statute of limitations has expired, <laughs> so I can now share this. Um, I had just moved to Fresno, and I had moved three times. I went to three different high schools, so this was like move to, um, and you know was just like really struggling to fit in and like it was just a I mean ninth grade you know 14 years old everything's horrible and awkward anyway and I had finally some some kids asked me to go with them to the mall fashion fair uh, here in Fresno and um, after school go to Macy's whatever just a couple girls we were I guess just walking around and one of the girls and if I thought hard enough I could remember who it was in fact I'm thinking but I won't I will protect the not so innocent <laughs> I'll only expose my own um, deeds here I think she still lives in town in fact lives across the street from another friend of mine anyway um, we went into the 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 dressing room in the women's section and we put on multiple pairs of like those little Bloomingdale underwear that had come out about this time that had like the days of the week on them. They were like these really cute, like trendy <laughs> underwear. I put on like three pair of them over my underwear and I walked out of the store with them. Oh my gosh. And I honestly, I was so terrified. It was a good thing I was wearing like three pair of underwear. <laughs> I think I probably, you know what, my pants. Oh, my I just gosh. knew, like, and this was before censors, and, you know, even they wouldn't have probably censored those items, but I was walking around. Yeah, now they have a plastic like, thing on it, so you couldn't do that Yeah, anymore. probably not. But I just knew that at any moment, like, lights and sirens and, like, people were going to come with the spotlight and, like, draw a weapon Take on me. Take off that underwear. Yeah. So that's my story, and I felt horrible <laughs> about it. Yeah. My parents did not find out, however. Did you... And you kept them for and you yeah, and I don't. My parents were like super eagle eye about every little detail, which those of you who know me will be like, oh, kind of like you are, yeah, kind of like me. Um, and so they would have ended up in the wash, or maybe I threw them away. I don't know, but I didn't. I never got caught for that. Wow. Okay. Anyway, um, thanks to to Ray, by the way, who says happy birthday, Paul. I actually thought religious people would have thrown you off a cliff by now, <laughs> which is a reference to a Jesus story. He says, thank you for keeping me sane during the political season. Oh, so Ray. Thank you, Ray. Yeah, God bless you, Ray. We love you. We miss Ray's you. Ray's a patron with the, with, on our Patreon site. So well, that's awesome. Ray and Bev. Yeah. Really awesome Such people. Such dear people. We love them. Yeah. Okay, so that was number four. God is okay with you changing your mind. Yeah. In fact, he commands you to do so. Yes. Okay. And you're and that the tie back to the underwear story is that repentance is is about being willing to go in a different direction in your mind and in your heart, not so much about yeah. confessing your sins like we just did. And and it doesn't mean you have to change your mind. It means you have to be willing to have your beliefs challenged. The the reward of it is if you end up having your beliefs challenged and you still believe the same thing at the end of it, then you really know what you believe. But I think the key to that verse is you won't, you can't fully know the will of God in a particular season if you're not willing to do that. And really ultimately what that is, and you, you know, you make such great points when you point out how in the gospels, when Jesus in his day called people, his disciples, other people to do things that challenged their deeply held religious views and traditions, Jesus showed up and he said, that's right, I want you to eat that thing that you don't think you're supposed to be eating. And it, I mean, if you can, like, just imagine t a t today's tradition or something that you're like, oh, God would never ask that of me. Well, Jesus showed up and did exactly that. And so really what that verse 12, Romans 12, 2 is about is like, will you submit that, even that, 
Will you submit it to God and say, hey, you shine the light on this. You come into this because more than wanting to be right about this particular belief, I want you. And so if you call me to let go of that thing that I've so tightly held on to, there is a freedom that comes from that. Is yeah. really what you're saying. And I think part of it, to, to piggyback on the story you're playing with there, um, sometimes when we say, oh, I stand on scripture, my beliefs stand on scripture. The truth is no, actually your beliefs stand on your interpretation of scripture, your chosen interpretation of scripture. And so the story you were referring to there was Peter and Jesus coming to Peter and saying, Peter, I know what scripture says, I know what you believe, but I'm telling you, you're going to eat these animals that your Bible tells you it is sin to eat. Jesus told him to sin and he's saying, you're calling me Lord, do I get to tell you to do something that violates your belief system? And Peter's answer, and I think if, you know, I think it says, you know, surely no Lord or something like that, but I've read commentators that said that answer is like, hell to the no God, I will not do that. Um, but what he was trying to say is, so the scripture also says you can't go visit the house of a Gentile, and I'm gonna tell you to go visit the house of a Gentile, and you're gonna have to do it. And yeah. so. So I think people would say, Paul, are you saying Jesus will violate scripture? I, I, I don't think so, but I think he will violate our interpretation and our execution of scripture. So we, some of our really deeply held Christian godly beliefs, I think Jesus would say, would you violate that for me? Or is that your Lord or am I your Lord? If I want you to love somebody that your belief of scripture says you can't, you don't get to love, we got a problem here. I'm not really Lord in your life. And so, yeah, I think, I think you know, he wants to be Lord of us and not our interpretation of scripture. When you think about it, like Jesus, and of course this was well before Jesus time as well, but you know, Jesus was pushing in on deeply held racist views. Very much. I mean, you know, the, the racial divide was start I mean like people hated hate the you know the Jewish people hated deeply hated other races yeah and the Samaritans they Samaritans, hate, and they had the Gentiles justification for hating yeah. those people well they had been murdered and oppressed and took by their them, land took, perverted so, their religion so I mean again put that in today's context imagine like in you know let me throw in one other point like Jonah hated the Ninevites so much he told God, I would rather be dead than live in a world where you'll have mercy on those people. I would rather be dead than live in this world if you'll have mercy on that people. You know, and I just like kind of lay that over the context of America and the racial reckoning, the season we're in, like, and just considering people still holding on to like judgment towards, you know, like African-Americans or people of color. Yeah, but you know, it's really your fault because you have fatherless households or it's really, you know, here's all my list, my list of white grievances, you know, against these other races and feeling principled, feeling principled and justified and holding on to that because we have found some like, well, you know, not you're not supporting a traditional family or you're not living a character filled life. And so all these consequences. You are know what it head. says on the BLM website. You know? I mean, that is to even question whether or not if Jesus were to show up in person today, whether or not he would challenge those kinds. I mean, it's game over. Read the New Testament. That is exactly what he was going after, only it was even much more severe in that day. Yeah. Right? Like this is this is not a hard thing to consider. Well let's let's share from our own lives right now. Because I have T shirts that I'm selling on my website. Yeah. And one of them says, God loves terrorists presidents, immigrants, and even evangelicals. And you found that t-shirt hard. I don't love it. You don't love it. I think it's hard. <laughs> and so what I, I was telling Ashley I is, kind of when it. Jesus says, you know who the hero of the story is? A Samaritan. The Samaritan is the hero of the story. That's exactly what he was doing. He was saying something impossible for them to swallow. I know. How I could just, a Samaritan be the hero of the story? They're I prefer that people. Jesus say it and not you. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it from him, but maybe not you. He's unfortunately not walking in the flesh on the earth right now, so he needs somebody okay. to say it for him. But that's 
that's how we get the feel of what, what you know, we just hear Samaritan. We're like, yeah, yeah, Samaritans. Yeah, are- like the Samaritans were so kind. Look at how they were treating this stranger. We, we, we assign all this affection and favor yeah. and grace to them because obviously they're the hero. And if he was telling those stories today on earth, he would say, here, it's, it's the Muslim that is the hero of the story. It's the Black Lives Matter leader that's the hero of the story. All of the people we feel justified it's the liberal. It's Speaker Pelosi. It's the, the, it's the gay or the lesbian. The gay or, the, yeah. All of the people we feel justified to otherize, and the president is fantastic at doing it to, to motivate us. Jesus would say, those are the heroes of my story. And I'm going to sit with those guys and not with you. And we would hate him passionately yeah, for it. Honestly. Just like, like my Facebook feed. <laughs> it's a really challenging, challenging thing. But it's... Um, you know what? I feel like even right now, like my spirit is being loofahed. <laughs> Do you know what a loofah is? Yeah, that or like it grinds a, your skin. Yeah, off like it takes face. off the top yeah. layer of your skin or like a salt scrub. I'm getting salt scrubbed right now in my heart. Just being yeah. like, man, will I let the Lord rub off of me things that I have just allowed to be protective and like beliefs and mindsets? Will I allow that to be challenged so that I can represent his true radical and passionate love? For, for the people that he created, the human beings he created, which I go back to your number um, three, if you don't know who you are, how do you expect other people to know who you are? And just like having your identity set straight. Yeah. Like, anyway, okay, we got to do now. I mean, there was another good meme I had this week was when push came to shove and the people in the Bible had the chance to choose Jesus, the suffering servant of a Messiah, or Barnabas, or Barabbas, I'm sorry, Barabbas, the zealot. And you know what the zealots were? They were Jews that wanted to... They were burn it down people. They wanted to militaristically overthrow a really corrupt government over them. Um, if Barabbas had a social media feed today, there would be a picture of the Roman governmental structures on fire. And Barabbas's tweet would say, burn it down. Yeah, well, I'm not sure I like that. that. That's not the right equivalency. I think Barabbas would have a Trump 2020 uh, thing on his Facebook page because he believed that an overturn of government was what was going to make Israel great again. That Fine. was that was his belief system. And and when it when push came to shove, okay. So but burn the institutions down. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disrupt everything. Get let's get the yeah. bull in the china shop, and at least maybe we'll get some change. That was Barabbas's belief. And that's why no Roman governor wanted to be in Palestine because they're like, these Jewish people are crazy. Um, and so Barabbas believed, there, and there were a bunch of zealots that believed, let's overturn the government. <laughs> but when push came to shove and the people had the chance to choose this suffering servant Messiah, this Messiah that said, I want to serve those bad people, not hate them and not be self-righteous against them, or the zealot who wanted to overturn the government, the religious leaders of the day, compelled the people to say, we want the zealot, not Jesus. And I think it's really stark to what our our religious leaders would do today when we have pastors of major churches in town saying, if you don't vote a particular way, you're not a Christian. We are again saying, let's choose Barabbas. Barabbas is the guy that's going to make America great again and get us to where we want to go. I know those are hard things for me to say sometimes, but again, I think Romans 12 too. God wants you to consider there might be another way to think. And certainly the Jesus we've created and teach in our churches, I don't believe is the Jesus we read about in the Bible when we really read the Bible. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we have one more. And then and I this got to... heavier than it was supposed to. I know. To I almost was just thing. like feeling, feeling emotional right now. Mm. Okay. Um, but it's your birthday okay. and we're letting, you know, this is like your top five list. So okay. hopefully this is fun for you. So number five. Number five. It's going to be okay. Okay. I like that one. Now, I almost made this. You, you wanted me to do five and a half because it's my 55th birthday. And so I almost made this the half because it really is only a half truth. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be a boatload of difficulty in getting to okay. Mm-hmm. I remember a day where you told me when I was going through kind of a rough time in life. You said, what if... What if you knew in X amount of time the headline was going to be good? What if you could read the newspaper from two months from now and it would say, the outcome was good. 
what if I focused in on that headline today? How would I act today? Mm -hmm. What would I do for myself today? And I think that's so good. And so I think when we're in the midst of all this craziness and nuttiness, what if we said, it's going to be good on the other side of this? Yeah. And as an example, what I use from the Bible is the story of the boys in the fiery furnace and that they say, we think we're, we think we're going to be preserved from this fire by God. But if we're not, and even if we're going to die by it, we're still going to follow what God wants us to do. And I don't think that's we're going to have church services when the governor says we're not. I think it is we're going to stand in alignment with, with who God wants us to be rather than who the church says we, we may need to be or something else. And the truth is they did have to go through the fire. But it was the fire of the furnace that actually burned off their ropes. That's right. Honestly, that's a worry. <coughs> that's a great Excuse story me. to bring up. And yep. set them free. So I think what we're going through right now is necessary for what God wants to happen to happen. And so when I say it's going to be okay, that doesn't mean there's not going to be some chaos and calamity in the meantime. I'm very concerned yep. about what November 4th looks like in America. But I know this, I can still look at the headline in the future and say it's it's going to be OK, even if I have to go through the fire, there is something of freedom coming. So and I think it's even it may even be God's mercy that he is walking yeah. us through this time. That's what I keep coming back to is or my sense as I, you know, start to pray or like think about things that are really distressing, you know, and um, I just I I hear him say. This is my mercy. I'm going to get you through. You need you need the fire to get this stuff off, you yeah. know, so. And I, and I just keep hearing so many Christians like, well, if, if such and such happens, then we're going to be socialist or we're going to be Marxist or we're going to be these environmentalists are going to take over or, or, or you name it. All, all things that I think we can argue about of like, where where's the line for things? But there's so much fear. If we don't stand in the right place, it's going to be this. Yeah. And maybe we're missing that God is saying, maybe I need you to go through that fire for your bondages to be burned off. Maybe there's there's something of that need to hang on to what is that's creating a bondage for you. And Jesus actually said he came to set the captives free from bondage. So I think if we could just relax and say, no matter what, you know, because because it really is what the religious people of Jesus, they thought if if Jesus does what he's doing, they're going to take our religion and take our country. And they were so afraid of what that meant. And God was saying, no, on the other side of that is actually my plan for the world going forward. And so it may be something of our desire that's in the way of what God wants to do. Yeah. And why would we want to do that? Because right. what God wants to do is better than what we right. want to do. Right, right, right. I think that's. So it's right. going to be okay. Okay, so um, I feel like we need to kind of wrap a little bit. Yep. Although I have one one more thought, just as you're saying that, that there's no way. I mean, we could unpack that for yeah. for, this, for generations. But you know, when this whole thing about like we're going to be socialists, we're going to be Marxist, like usually who the traditional family is going away. No, but let's stay focused on the sort okay. of like the economic political okay. scheme because. Usually just, the, the people who are fanning that flame the most, who animate that argument, who fund the campaign, you know, the Koch brothers, the these, but, you know, the people who like use that to whoosh, you know, to keep the narrative on fire the way they want it to be on fire. It is people who are, who have succeeded and are doing really well. They are the haves. Okay. They, and, and the current system in society works for them. Um, and so really as that's kind of bled into the church like oh my god we have to make sure we're not socialists we're not marxists whatever really what we're doing is we're replacing our god we're taking him off the throne and we're putting on the throne instead our economy yeah and we are our bowing system. our system which is really propped up by the economy at least in man's terms right. so we are bowing and we are worshiping that right and I'm a person, I do economic development. I love business succeeding when people compete with excellence and integrity and they win. Like I love that pursuit. And I love the way in which um, I love financial freedom and independence for people. And I want that for everybody in, you know, that I know and in our valley. 
Um, so I'm not, I'm, you know, like I get that, but at the same time, there's this real like, I don't know, there's like a, there's a line you cross and there's a slippery slope and all of a sudden you're not trusting in God to right. ultimately be your independence and to be your freedom giver and all of that. Like all of a sudden you're trusting in this, this economy. And I'm not, I mean, I just think that's part of what God is asking us to evaluate, you know, and um, that doesn't, that to me doesn't mean, oh, therefore Marxism or socialism. Of course not. But what it does mean is, am I willing to say, oh, I'm relying too much on my own knowledge of how to like put in the ingredients and come out with financial reward. And ultimately I got to put my trust in God. Which takes us back to point number four. God is okay with us changing our minds. In fact, he commands us to do it. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's hard. You know, the Bible says you cannot serve mammon and God. You and and I think today we would say he you cannot serve an economic system, and and a political system and God. You have to serve God first and let the other things come into alignment with that. And and so what we see over and over and over and over and over again in the Bible is when the economic welfare of the country became more important than taking care of people, the prophets would come and say, okay, now we're in trouble. Now we're in trouble. We're going to lose everything because comfort and safety and prosperity have become more important to us than taking care of people. That's why if you read through some of the Old Testament prophets, it says like, oh, you fat cows. I mean, it's pretty serious. You you sleep on ivory beds and you don't care that the poor are going hungry. And and so, again, this sort of right-wing staunch Jesus that we've created is not the one we read about in the Bible. The one that says, hey, Boaz, when your field is really full and ripe and you're going to harvest out there, you don't get to harvest around the edges because you're going to leave that there for the foreigners and the widows to come and get their food. It's a very, very different God than I hear the right-wing evangelical church teaching right now. And that's why it's okay to think about renewing. So um, I've taken my microphone off because I have a birthday surprise. I have to go get the other room. But um, do you have your um, half? My half? Your half truth? My half truth is that it's really cool to have your son born on your birthday. And it's super awesome. So my son was born... 18 years ago he's now he's 17 today so this is the 18th birthday i've had where my son was having the same birthday and so it's it's really super cool i love it um but it also means you only get half a birthday in fact (laughs) you get less than half a birthday when you're the older person because they're not they're not quite as important so that's why it's a half truth but i also like to say at least you got a son because you know, as he's oh, gotten yeah. older, what does he want to do? Go to a baseball game or do things you like doing? If you had your second born had, had been, been a girl, yeah. then, and she had your birthday, it would have been like, see you later. We're going princess shopping or, you know, although I shouldn't gender stereotype, maybe too, she would want to go to see the Giants. But yes, maybe. anyway, um, all right. Well, I hear our son waking his 17 year old self. So it's time for us to move on with our day and celebrate. Crazy. But hold on, everybody, because I have a surprise. OK, hold the line. Uh, all right. I'm just seeing everybody. Rachel, thank you for the happy birthday wishes. Oh, it's her mom's birthday as well today. Ronald, Isaiah chapter one really woke you up. All right. I'll have to go back and look at what Isaiah one says. That's good. Cindy says, happy birthday. Thanks for sharing the truth about Jesus with us. Yeah, I would encourage you to go back and read the Gospels and really say, I'm going to put aside the verses that I thought were important in the past, and I'm going to really read it and say, what does this Jesus look like? And what would he look like in our culture today? Because I think we've been, we've had this created idol of a Jesus rather than the one in the Bible. Oh my gosh, here comes my wife. So npepodcast.com that'll take you to the website and then in the upper right hand corner there's a patreon button click on there and and i really would love to get 55 new patrons we we you get access to a private uh npe facebook group um we do special exclusive things you get uh what are you doing you're shooting me back here um and you get access to the audiobook and some other cool things but but mostly it's just a way of saying you mean something to me, Paul. Paul and Ashley, the message you guys are trying to deliver is important, and we want to be be a part of that. So here it is, our birthday cake, 17 and double five for Sam and Paul. Everybody, happy birthday. Just kidding. I won't do that. <laughs> 
sing it now. <laughs> Happy birthday. We love you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you all for the kind wishes. And God, I love Facebook on birthdays. There you go. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. You have a different name for him, but you're probably... I can't say it. I can't say it. Although I could because they're not regulated and I can say whatever the F I want on Facebook. You you change the first letter of his name. It's not hard to figure out. It's not hard to figure out. We'll leave it at that. All right. We've gotten in trouble for cussing on the on the. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. So let's not do it. And we don't really mean that. We just think it's kind of funny and clever to think of. So um, thank you guys for hanging yeah. out with us. This is the start of a uh, great birthday for Paul. Thanks to all of you. Hope you have a good rest of the weekend and a great week. God's okay with you challenging your belief systems. I promise. Try it. <laughs> <laughs>